Welcome to All Places Together, a place where stories are shared. Stories about life before us, stories about what happens between us, and stories that have yet to bloom. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here is a story for you, a story called Both and. Today at All Places Together, we welcome Deacon Julie Stecker. Julie is the assistant to the Bishop for Youth and Family Ministry with the Delaware, Maryland, and Metro D.C. Synods of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. She has a Master's of Art in Ministerial Studies in Christian Education with a concentration in Youth and Young Adult Ministry. Also, Julie is a competitive axe thrower, a true crime podcast fan, and an Animal Crossing designer extraordinaire. And as someone who has visited her island on multiple occasions, I can say that she is truly a master of design and also so incredibly generous. Julie, I am so excited that you are here at All Places Together. Thanks for having me, Colleen. <laughs> my uh, my island is a little uh, neglected right now. I'm going to have to check back in on all my villagers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that all of my villagers have left. <laughs> <laughs> They've abandoned. They took a boat out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so other than your beautiful Animal Crossing island and home, um, in real life, in your real body, where do you call home and what makes it special? Yeah, so I live in the Patterson Park Highland Town neighborhood of Baltimore City. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Baltimore. Um, I spent about the better part of 10 years in central Pennsylvania for college and seminary and my first job. Um, but uh, really felt pulled back to Baltimore. It's such a fun and um, quirky city. Like it has lots of really interesting parts. The neighborhoods are incredible. Um, just like they have their own little vibe and uh, lots of different things to do. And so uh, when a, an opportunity presented itself to uh, be back in the Baltimore area, I took it and ran with it. <laughs> I love it. It's probably great to be back in that place. And also, I mean, cities change so much. So I'm sure even over 10 years, it's like a whole new discovery process. Yeah. And like thinking about the parts of the city that I saw when I was a kid and we would like go down to the science center, the aquarium or, um, you know, to, to theaters and things like that. Just like getting to explore the city from a whole new perspective and go to the places that aren't necessarily like uh, touristy or um, the places that you might visit if you were, uh, you know, living just outside the city. It's been really uh, special. And I've, uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. That's awesome. And that transitions really well into our conversation for today. So when I was making the ask for Julie to join us, I was filling her in on the shape of the interviews that we've had so far. All these really um, beautiful and powerful conversations about our favorite places and how God's presence have been with us there. And then I also shared that I had done like this one-off episode about a place that wasn't my favorite which is silence <laughs> and how God was with me in silence and how that was really important to me for a season. 
Um, And she said in response to that, that she has a place that relates to both. And when she told me what this place was, I knew that so many people were going to be able to relate to her story. So Julie, tell us what place it is that is both your favorite and maybe sometimes also not your favorite. Yeah, so um, it's my house. (laughs) It's this place where I am right now, where for the past, uh, I mean, we're almost at a year and a half now, right? Um, That I have been the, the vast majority of the time. We, my spouse and I bought this house in uh, the spring of 2017. And um, I had like not anticipated home ownership (laughs) in my life. Um, Or, you know, because as millennials, it was one of those things that was like, well, yeah, of course, our parents all bought houses, but it was not a guarantee for us. Um, So it was kind of a surprise. Yeah, Yeah. it happened pretty quickly. Um, It was the second house we had ever seen. Um, it, It just moved very fast. But it was because when we walked in, I said, like, I know that this is my house. Um, This is where I'm supposed to live. Um, And so my home has always been like this place that I love so deeply. Um, We had just done in the fall of 2019, we had done a kitchen remodel. So we finally had this like amazing kitchen that was perfect for like cooking for dinner parties and welcoming people over. Um, And, you know, you just sort of like start to live into your home. Um, And... Uh, yeah. And so I loved having this place where we could welcome people and where people could come over and spend time. Um, this place where when I would go out and, uh, I, I would travel a good bit, uh, for work, um, and have weekend events and time away, um, that I was really happy to come back to. Um, and so I just loved being home. And then in March of 2020, um, I was just only home. (laughs) (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. just all the time. And so in a lot of ways that has been really great. Like it's been really lovely to be able to spend so much time in this place that I love and that I know, and that like, you know, I can, uh, live into a little bit more. One of my colleagues would all tell you that, um, I'm pretty notorious for having a, a fairly messy office. <laughs> um, oh, me which too. I always say, yes, sign me up. <laughs> I would say it's not an office. It's a ministry staging area. That was a language that another pastor, that a pastor gave to me. Um, that's pure yeah, brilliant. <laughs> that's what I, that's what, how I introduce it to people. Um, but being at home has really been like, okay, well, I, you know, I don't have to like keep up any sort of appearance. Like I can have my space how I want it to be. And especially when it was, you know, having a home that no one was coming into other than uh, me and my spouse, right? Um, you know, that really let me have that kind of freedom and have, you know, I'm sitting at my dining room table right now, which is where my workstation has been for more than a year. And so a lot of that was really lovely. But then it was also that thing of, okay, so the workday is over. And now I walk away from my dining room table and I sit on my couch. Um, And there wasn't that sort of like same feeling of walking home and sort of taking that deep breath when you walk in the door. Like I think about the idea of liminal spaces, right? Like doorways, Mm. especially are these places where um, it's, it's sort of that phenomenon of like you go into one room to get something and you forget what it is, but you like walk back into the room where you were. And it helps you remember. And so liminal spaces are these like places of transition. Um, and these places that like help us 
uh, get from one place to another. Essentially, there are uh, someone I know preached a, a sermon on this once that was way more beautiful than how I'm articulating it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I didn't have that sort of like liminal space of walking through the front door and feeling like, okay the day is over. Now this other part of my life begins where I'm at home and, you know, my spouse and I are like tending our relationship and being with our pets. Like we're just all together all the time. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That you don't have that transition space. Yeah. It's so funny that you like talk about moving from your dining room table to your couch. I was, have a Snapchat memory saved from, you know, last It must have been last June. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's been a year. And it's this stupid little video that I made of me and my dog in our old house, like going from the guest room that was my office, like down the hall into the kitchen. It's like, oh, time to go on this long commute home from work. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, right, like lots of beautiful things, right? So my spouse actually, he, um, he got a new job in fall of 2019. Um, that was pretty much entirely remote for a little while. He was going to Philadelphia, like one day a week to work in like a co-working space. Uh, but otherwise it's been totally from home. So he was already home-based before this. Um, and so then I sort of like invaded. Oh no, invaded the space (laughs) in March, but it's also meant, you know, again, so we've, we've had to figure out some of those Things of like, okay, uh, did we need to bump up our internet speeds because we were both on video meetings at the same time? Um, And, you know, uh, we're both on meetings. And so who's going to control the barking dog because someone like made a noise outside? How Um, dare they? How dare they? He's just he's just patrolling. He's making sure everybody's good. Um, But also like we've been able to have lunch together almost every day. Right. And so it's it's being able to hold both like the the struggles and the beauty of it um, and just saying like, OK, we're going to figure out how to make this work. And we can recognize that it's not like totally the most ideal. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully not forever. Things are getting better in the world. Right. But then also finding like saying, OK, so. Um, I've been really blessed with two really incredible bishops, um, uh, both in Delaware, Maryland and in Metro DC, Bishop Bill Gole and Bishop Layla Ortiz, who both uh, have this really beautiful way of trusting the people who they work with. Um, And so, you know, there hasn't been any push to get us all back into offices, uh, but rather saying like, okay, you know, you come use the office when that's the helpful space for you and you work from home when that's the helpful space for you. And so feeling like, um, you know, I had the option to work from home before, but didn't really like know what the mechanics of that looked like. So I would just default to the office and now being able to say, okay, well, I know when the times are when it's most helpful for me to go in to the office, to be around these other people, to be in this like dedicated office space. And I know when the best times are to be at home. And so looking at how that's going to change, like my work life going forward is really exciting. Um, And I think will help me reclaim a little bit of that, like, (laughs) oh, I do get to come home at the end of the day um, and, you know, feel a little differently than when I'm just going from the dining room table to the couch. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's so wonderful to have that mindset as part of your work environment. I know that not everybody has that. 
And so it's always wonderful to hear when someone does. Yeah, I think I hope that this is a shift that we see um, just in the world in general. There are obviously some jobs where like you have to be in person. There's no other option, right? You can't be um, a practicing nurse in a hospital from your house. <laughs> um, like we know yes. that, that has to happen. <laughs> But for places where there could be flexibility, I really hope that people see that so that, um, you know, people who are in power <laughs> see that so that uh, their employees can feel like, oh, I, I sort of have some choice. And, you know, they've, they've done studies and shown that, like, not everyone wants to work from home all the time, um, but people want to be able to have that choice and that option. And so I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that more and more people will sort of come to the light. <laughs> And see that it doesn't have to just, we don't have to just try and go back to the way that we were doing it before. Yes. Yes, that we can learn from this experience and be able to to take the silver linings and be able to embrace those more fully, hopefully towards like a more healthy and balanced life in society. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Right. And thinking about, you know, friends of mine who can do their work from home, but maybe don't have a ton of vacation time, but have been able to like take their work with them to a place that's relaxing or that like recharges them spiritually and emotionally. And they're still doing all their work. You know, they're still working eight hour days and doing all the Zoom meetings and sending emails and all those things, but they're doing it from a place that's, you know, bringing some new energy for them. And I think that that's like a net positive, right? You know, thinking about yes. what are these places that we love. Um, what if we could spend more time in those? Yes. And you just need the high speed internet connection. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then this leads me to the next question of how has God been with you in your home, both when it is has been a place of hospitality and welcoming people in and this refuge from the busy world that's outside. And also, you know, when you're whole life was happening in your house. How has God been with you? Yeah, I really, I struggled with this a little more at, uh, when we were sort of starting to have pandemic fatigue set in, um, where I was like, I just need to be out of my house. <laughs> Whereas like in the first few weeks I was like, Oh, it's so nice to be from home all the time. Um, and so I thought a lot about how, like, the places in the in our experience of God and God's story where like both things can be true. Yeah. Um, and the way that it doesn't have to be always one way or the other. And I thought, okay, so like there is space um in in my home for me to be both like really happy and really frustrated or stagnant or whatever. Um and and so that was really helpful in thinking about the ways that I've experienced God and the way that like I've experienced God through other people as well, um, helping me understand that like it doesn't have to be so either or. Um, it's the as in the Lutheran insidery world, we might say the both and <laughs> that both yeah. things can be true at the same time. And so that's been really helpful. Um we also had a lot of really great opportunities to figure out how to gather with people when it was, uh, when we knew that we really needed some of that social connection, but we also wanted to stay safe. And so we, we had had these long plans to like 
uh, you know, spruce up our back patio area in the city. It's like a, you know, we just have a little concrete pad. <laughs> um, and so we really took the opportunity of uh, it being safer to gather with people outdoors to uh, we got some new patio furniture, or like some outdoor furniture, um, a table and a bunch of chairs. And then uh, sort of in the fall, we found this amazing outdoor sofa and chair and ottoman set for like a third of the price. Oh, at, that's um, amazing. A Habitat Restore. And <laughs> so we got this amazing outdoor set. Oh, love the Habitat Restore. Amazing. I love it. Um, and so we were able to sort of take our backyard and finally, like we had the, the motivation or the push to turn it into this welcoming space um, that we're actually, will we actually be able to use for years? My uh, spouse, Matt, is really into smoking meats. <laughs> Ooh. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, so my pandemic has also been full of pulled pork and brisket and pork belly and wings. It's been amazing. Yum. <clears throat> and one of our hopes, <laughs> one of our hopes for the future is that we would be able to have people just come over and have these like gatherings of folks around food and conversation and just being together. Um, obviously that's for a little further off, but, uh, you know, getting our backyard into this, uh, more like homey and welcoming space as opposed to just kind of like this, boring concrete pad has really been a huge blessing um, for us and enabled like our family to get together at Christmas time. Mm. Um, and it was really cold. <laughs> we had uh, heated blankets and those like little warming packs. Um, but we, pr- we wouldn't have been able to get together with all of them otherwise if we hadn't had that space. So that's been really lovely. And again, you know, a way that has affected like the rest of our time in this home um, and I also really experienced the, I don't know if I, I mean, it's definitely the grace of God, the generosity of people. I'm not sure. Um, ab- the understanding of abundance, um, when people were willing to have the hard conversations with us about what felt safe and what didn't, mm. and where people were able to like name their boundaries about it. And we could like, we could talk about that instead of just saying like, okay, well, come on over and we'll just see if it feels okay to be in a backyard without masks or, uh, you know, whatever that looks like. And so I really experienced God through our friends who were willing to like have those conversations so that we could figure out how we could be together in person safely. And that's such a level of, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like that's such a level of vulnerability when I feel like so much of the pandemic was so polarizing and it almost, I know I felt a lot like I was walking on eggshells trying to figure out what people's boundaries were, what my own were, how to articulate that and negotiate that. So to have people in your life who were willing to have those awkward and hard conversations, you know, put at risk and saying, my you know, my bubble is actually smaller than that. And like, even though we're outside and six feet apart, like I really do need you to have your mask on the whole time and know that that was going to be met with grace and love and acceptance instead of judgment or criticism or even just like, oh, okay, like fine. Like that's huge. Like that's so huge. (laughs) Absolutely. And we, and that was, we had, um, friends who live nearby who we had a sort of at the beginning of the pandemic started talking about um, creating a pod together. 
And when it came time to what, like the time that we had decided would be the time to start that pod, um, it, some things had changed and, uh, we had to have the the tough conversation of like, okay, so we actually can't do this because it's not Mm. as safe as we had imagined it might be. And the situation in the world has changed. And it was really beautiful that like that didn't change our friendship. It just meant that we found other ways to be connected with each other rather than saying, okay, this thing didn't work. So I guess we'll see you when the pandemic is over. Um, But instead that like flexibility and that adaptability was, was really crucial for us. Otherwise, you know, we would have been like all or nothing. Like we don't see anyone or we throw all, all precautions out the window and neither of those was an option for us. So yeah, it was a lot of grace, a lot of uh, trust as well. Like, like you said, having those friends who you can be vulnerable with. Um, yeah, that was really huge for us. And probably one of the things that really kept me going socially um, throughout the whole pandemic um, and continues to sustain me, right? Definitely. Well, and that those friendships are still there here on the other side of the, of the lingering pandemic yeah. stage of things. Yeah. Are there particular Bible stories or verses that come to mind or that are important to you when you think about your house? I mean, we've had some really lovely conversation here about some like big themes about who we believe God is and what God's about. But I'm just wondering if there's like particular verses or stories that come to mind for you. Yeah, I was thinking about, uh, because I don't normally think a lot about, I think about a lot about Bible studies in other areas of my life, but not always so much as they relate to my house. Um, But thinking about uh, the story, it's encapsulated in the story of, uh, we like to call him Doubting Thomas. Um, but in the oh. 20th, the 20th chapter of John, um, which is a story that I've really come to love over the years. Um, I, I used to be like totally on board with Thomas's doubting and don't be like Thomas. And now I'm like a pro Thomas person. <laughs> but I love uh, it. Can you tell us a little bit of the background of what happens to Thomas and why he got this reputation? Absolutely. So Thomas is one of the disciples and uh, after Jesus has been crucified and placed in the tomb um, and has been resurrected, Jesus appears to the disciples, but Thomas isn't there with them. And so Jesus shows up and says, peace be with you. And, you know, affirms like, this is what happened to me. Um, but Thomas isn't there. And so later they are, they're talking and Thomas says, I can't, I can't believe that this happened until I see Jesus, until I put my hands in the marks made by the nails and my thing, my hand in his side. Um, and so everybody like chalks us up to like, well, Thomas, we have to be able to believe what we can't see. Um, but Jesus shows up. And so that's where it connects with me that like Jesus comes in through the locked doors. And uh, this is actually the part of the story that's like most interesting to me is that uh, the doors are locked because the disciples are afraid. So even the disciples mm. who have seen they're so afraid of, of what's going on around them. And, you know, they're having issues with trust um, or belief as well, even though they've seen Jesus. And so they're in this house with locked doors and Jesus comes in through the locked doors. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't try to think about like other people coming in through the locked doors of my house. Um, but thinking about this Jesus who is so loving and compassionate and, uh, and present that he can show up 
even in the places where we've tried to keep everything out. Um, and so even in my home where um, I've tried to do all of my work and all of my social life and everything. <laughs> um, and yes. I've said, maybe it would be a little easier if Jesus didn't show up for this part because I'm not like at my best. Um, Jesus still comes in and Jesus says, Hey, peace be with you. Um, and peace has been something I think a lot of us have searched for through this pandemic. Um, and because it's been a very, uh, tumultuous time, <laughs> I think to say the least. And so thinking about the ways that like, even the places where I might want to keep Jesus out, um, I can't quite do that. And that when I'm in my, my, my lowest place of saying, I, I can't believe that this is true. Um, that Jesus shows up and says, put your hands in my side, put your fingers in the marks of the nails. Um, like I'm, I am who I say I am. Um, I think that that's a really beautiful act of grace to Thomas um, and shows us that like Jesus loves us just as much as the disciples that he appeared to first, <laughs> even when we're not, we're not quite sure uh, if it's real. That's so powerful. You have brought tears to my eyes just thinking about what I've been through in the pandemic and and needing that peace and exactly what you're saying of putting all of those walls up around my heart and then locking my door and keeping the world out and how God still finds a way in. Jesus finds a way in and leads forward to a more abundant and full and more peaceful life, even when it's really scary and really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, it's, I really, I really love uh, stories where the disciples are maybe like not quite getting it um, because it's like <laughs> yes. fun to roll your eyes at the disciples. Oh my gosh, the disciples just don't get it. But then to also be like, so these are the people who were closest to Jesus and they still didn't get it. So maybe it's okay if I don't get it. Maybe I can still be close to Jesus. Definitely. Yes. Like so much grace for ourselves to be able. I know I often struggle with giving myself grace. And this is a story that definitely encourages that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say my church that I served when I was first a pastor and did my internship at was called St. Thomas. And so <laughs> they were like full in on, on Thomas. I love it. And uh, yeah, and there aren't many churches called St. Thomas. And they had this one piece of art in like the entryway when you would walk in and it was this mosaic and it had Jesus this post-resurrection image of Jesus with the hands in his, you know, his side and, and his hands, the holes from the nails. And then you just see Thomas's hand, like coming in from the side to touch Jesus. And it says, my Lord and my God, which is what yeah. Thomas says when he recognizes Jesus. And one time with the youth group, I was like, okay, we're all going to take like selfies or like pictures with this <laughs> mosaic. And like put ourselves in that spot because it's like we are like Thomas who are seeking after Jesus and that this is a beautiful thing. And I think the kids thought that, well, I loved those kids and I know they loved me and they often thought I was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 
okay. But I hope that they have like this image for the rest of their lives that it's like, it's okay to question. And then like this, oh, my Lord and my God, like when you recognize yeah. Jesus and reaching out to touch I mean, that's, him. yeah, that's, I totally like skimmed past that part of the story that like Thomas is the one disciple who we have reported there, like claiming who Jesus is right then, right? Like, so his, his moment of experiencing Jesus physically after this, after all of these things have happened, um, he, he is immediately on board and says, this is who, like, this is my Lord and my God. Right. And so, you know, sometimes that little bit of reassurance from Jesus, like sort of kickstarts us in a way that maybe it doesn't when, when we've sort of just taken things for granted or as a given. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good story. Yeah. My friend, um, asked me to preach at his ordination and I said, yes. And then a few weeks later was like, Oh, what's the text? Um, and it was, <laughs> it was this text. And I was like, are you serious? Um, but now I'm like, this should be everyone's ordination text. <laughs> it's so yes. good. It's, it's just, it's all of us. Like, you know, no, no one, none among us have not doubted. Um, and there's still space for us, um, at Jesus's side, you know? Yeah. And Jesus doesn't back away from it. He's not like, oh, you didn't get it. You don't matter. Or you didn't get it. You can't be a part of my inner circle anymore. There's not judgment. You know, he's just, he's there. And, you know, and Jesus, right. He also says, I can't remember it exactly, that there will be those who don't see Jesus and still believe. Um, But I don't think that's meant as a shaming thing for Thomas. Right. Right. Like I, right. And I also think about, you know, maybe this is uh, taking too many liberties with the text. Um, but I think about, oh, so Jesus says, uh, do you believe because you see me happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Um, and sometimes I'm like, well, but also like, is this opening the door for those of us who can't see? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Yeah, I don't know. I see. I see something different in this text every time I read it because it's so layered. Um, but right, but you know, Jesus is still there, and Jesus says, like, you know, I'm your guy. <laughs> and Thomas is like, "That's right, you are." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, so good. This is amazing. We could go on for such a long time about our friend Thomas. But I think it's probably good if we wrap up our conversation for today. Um, So just one last question, Julie. How can folks connect with you if they're interested in any of the ministries that you are a part of? Yeah, so uh, I am uh, on Facebook, of course. I'm a good elder millennial. Uh, And uh, my name is Julie Stecker. I'm just open there so you can uh, feel free to tag along there. I'm also, I haven't uh, been quite as present on my other social media feeds recently, but I am on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram, sorry, and you can just search my name. Um, they come up there. Um, and you can really connect with me by uh, really watching good TikToks and then sending them to me. <laughs> I'm also Julie. I'm Julie Stecker on TikTok. (laughs) So you're more than an elder millennial if you're on the TikTok and you've even got your own thing. Well, 
I work with the teenagers, so I like have to keep up. I have to at least understand the cultural references or like why they're my introduction to it was we were at a youth retreat and these uh these high school students were like doing a little dance, but they weren't moving outside of where they were standing. And I was so confused and I was like, what are they doing? And someone said, well, it's a TikTok dance. And I was like, well, I have no idea what that is. So I guess I'm going to find out. <laughs> and it's been a slow, uh, or maybe not a slow, a fast progression into just being absorbed by TikTok. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. So send Julie all of your favorite <laughs> TikToks. Please. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being with us here today at All Places Together, Julie. It's been wonderful to hear your short stories and sharing them. Thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you for having me. Um, I was thinking last night about um, when we were, when you were sort of in the dreaming stage of this and what it might look like and just thinking about how exciting it is that it's, you know, here, here we are all places together. Thank you. I was actually thinking about that this morning too, that Julie was one of the ones I picked her brains about all of this very early on on a Zoom and it felt not like full circle because I think the journey is still going, but I was like, this is going to be really meaningful to be together in this way and this part of the journey. So thank you for, you know, your companionship then and today as well. No problem. It's a delight for me. A prayer for the Thomases. God of all peace, when the disciples were afraid and confused about your resurrection, you stopped at nothing to get to them, even for dear Thomas. You went to Thomas, and through this encounter, he came to know you in a whole new way. We are all like Thomas sometimes. When we are afraid and confused, come to us as well. When we are going through transitions or are stuck in places we don't want to be, come to us. When we need to be reassured that your love and peace are with us, come to us. And join our voices with all of the Thomases throughout all times as we confess that you are our Lord and our God. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope that you heard God too. You can share your stories with us on social media at Instagram and Facebook at All Places Together. You can also email us at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S. T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. You can subscribe to All Places Together wherever you get your podcasts. 
Earlier this month, All Places Together became a reconciling in Christ community. This designation means that we are committed to the inclusion and affirmation of LGBTQIA persons in the body of Christ and to the ongoing work of anti-racism. Reconciling Works shared our news on their Facebook page. And I want to say thank you to the following communities who reached out to welcome us so joyously. Thank you to Epiphany Lutheran Episcopal Church in Valdez, Alaska, to St. Michael's Lutheran Church in Abaganast, New York, and Faith Lutheran Church in Roseburg, Oregon. We are so excited to join together with you and all of the churches in the Reconciling Works community to share the gospel in this affirming and including way. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Anyone who shares over $5 will be mailed a sticker as long as you send me your mailing address. Thank you to all of our mission partners, especially the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have made contributions. We know it can be hard to give financially, and we celebrate all of the ways you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life. We hope that you'll share Julie's story with someone who can relate to home being both a wonderful place to be and sometimes an isolating place to be too. Until next time, remember that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.